Hello, and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 152 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. It feels like spring is on the way, or at least it did until very, very recently. We've got a very cold spell at the moment. I'm having to, the second I get home from work, because I spend most of my time outdoors when I'm at work, the second I get in, I've got to take off a coat and two jumpers before I melt. It's uh, quite the thing. I'm currently wearing seven layers on top when I go outside because the temperature where we are rarely gets above one or two degrees and it's just cold all the time. Of course, you step into a nice warm house and uh, you definitely feel the difference. But it does feel like even though the weather's very cold at the moment here in the UK, it feels like spring is just around the corner at least it does for me I don't know if it's because of the daylight or just the calendar and the way the days are ticking away it uh, you know it just feels like the start of a new year a new growing year so we're getting very excited we're looking at putting our first seeds into some potting soil at some point in the next few days certainly within the next seven days. So yeah, it's really, really exciting. On Friday's episode, we're going to be talking about all the plants that you can be growing now in February, all the things that you can be sowing. So stay tuned for that one. But what we're going to talk about today, you've obviously, or I would have thought, obviously, you've already realised there's no interview again today. It's a solo episode. But what we're going to do is talk about four things that I'm going to ask of you to have done by the end of February. And I'm not sure how diligent I'll be with this. It'll depend how things go. But I'm thinking what I might do is do this every month of the year, have sort of four things that we should all have in place and have done by the end of each month to, you know, just make sure we're ahead of ourselves. And it's going to be aimed at people just starting out, but also super useful for people who are doing this with a bit more experience, people like myself. You know, I'm going to make sure that I've got all four of these things done before the end of February for sure. But there are things that you can do if you're literally just starting out and this is going to be your first year trying to grow your own food. So let's start with number one. And number one is to... Find your frost dates. So find and understand your frost dates. So work out when the last frost is going to hit in your area. Now, whenever that is, it's an important date because you're going to work backwards or forwards from that to work out when you sow certain seeds. So whenever you get a packet of seeds, it's going to tell you when you can and can't sow it but it's going to give you the same information as it would me as it would someone in Scotland as it would someone living up a mountain in Wales as it would someone living in Surrey so we must take all of that with a pinch of salt those timings on the back now I'm a huge advocate for 
growing sort of almost succession sowing seeds, even if you're not going to succession sow the seedlings, because it gives you a chance to get ahead of the game and allow for a certain amount of failures, you know, go a little bit early. And if you're really, really lucky and you get your last frost that little bit earlier, then you've got a huge head start. And if you don't, then that's fine because those seedlings are just sacrificed, but you've got more ready to go in after. So I'm certainly all for, you know, stretching the limits of what you think you can get away with and just making a few extra sowings just to be on the safe side. But so by the end of February, you want to make sure that you know your last frost date, but also you want to associate that with your seeds. So you're going to want to make sure that you know what type of plants want to go in how many weeks before your last frost date because it's going to vary and it's going to vary for different people depending on their setup and obviously on their location and how and where they're growing things. So if you've got a little polytunnel or a greenhouse, so we're going to be growing tomatoes in our greenhouse and I'm going to be sowing my tomato seeds or at least my first round of tomato seed sowings probably next weekend the idea being they've got several weeks to become nice and established before our last frost date is due at which point they will go out into the polytunnel now we tend to keep them you know in the house until that last frost date even though they're going in a polytunnel because our polytunnels aren't particularly well protected and we do live in a frost pocket but every plant that you might want to grow is going to have its own requirements with regards to the frost there are lots of things that can go in right now broad beans and all sorts of other things leeks depending on the variety but like I say Friday's episode will be about what you can sow right now so there's number one on my list is to make sure that you are familiar with your last frost date and also how that relates to your sowing dates for your different plants you can find self-sufficient hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places we have a youtube channel we also have our website and now there's our Facebook page and Facebook group. Links to all of these you can find in the show notes. Come check us out. So the next thing on my list, now this is something I've been urging you to do for quite some time, and that is to make sure you've got all the seeds that you need. Now that doesn't just mean getting them purchased but it means organizing them and being ready so to sort of sort out your seeds and purchase any seeds that you may need so I've mentioned before a few times due to the pandemic and the changing way that our cycles are going out there in the consumer world it's not going to be a surprise to me if certain things become difficult to get hold of in the spring. I'm not necessarily expecting it, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. It all depends on how things go. And we did see last spring uh, quite a serious issue with getting hold of seeds and compost and things like that. So I definitely, you know, I've been urging you guys to take care of that for a little while. And I, I definitely think that's 
a wise thing to do regardless. But make sure you've got your seeds. And if you're using seeds from last year, you know, go through your seed tins. I spent a couple of hours going through my seed tins. Now, what I like to do, now you absolutely don't have to do this, but it all depends on the sort of scale you're working on. But what I like to do is separate my seeds into little envelopes or big envelopes rather based on the month so I've got an envelope with seeds in that contain all the seeds that I'm able to plant from February in February and beyond and then I've got another envelope with all the seeds in it that the first sowings are going to be in March so at the end of February I take that envelope and I add that to the one that I'm already working with and I take out any that are finished at the end of February. I don't think I have any that fall into that category, but you understand the point. And then I've got the same for April, May, June and July right through the year so that on the first of every month I can just go and pick up the new envelope and add it to my current seed tin. Now it's worth stating here that the months that I'm going to sow them in, they're not necessarily dictated to me by what it says on the packet. You know, it goes back to what I said before. We all live in different climates, in different areas. We've all got different systems of growing. We might be growing indoors, outdoors, undercover, in a greenhouse. So there's lots and lots of different ways that we can interpret the information on the back of those packets but this time of year almost certainly the key point is going to be that first point that I raised today which is working back from your frost dates so it doesn't hurt and I do this I write on the packets it certainly doesn't hurt to write what it actually means for you so on each packet I don't have to do a little bit of maths and do a little bit of thinking every year I can just look at what I've written on the packet and it probably says something like so outdoors direct so outdoors from March or from mid-March or and whatever I've written on there I know obviously that is tailored to me it's tailored to my location it's tailored to my growing environment and what I'm planning on doing and I think it doesn't even matter whether you've got two packets of seeds or 200. I think writing these little notes on the packets of seeds that are tailored to you really does make a difference because you can spend, with a packet of seeds, you can spend 20 or 30 minutes doing a bit of Googling online, having a little bit of thought about it going into the process and come away with some really good information and think, right, OK, well, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And then come next year, unless you've written it down, you're going to have that exact same process to go through again. So I always think it's worth writing on the seed packet. Some of them are a little bit easier to write on than others. And I just add a, a little sticky label if I need to. But I just think that's a really top tip if you're the sort of person who does like to you know really make the most out of your seeds and make the most out of your growing season then the you know the best way of doing that is by understanding what is going to work best for each individual seed and it will change from the bulk standard delivery system recommended on the packet because of course on the packet it will just say plant from February to April or whatever it might say. Well, of course, not everyone is going to be experiencing the same weather conditions or growing in the same 
type of materials and environments as everyone else. So it's really quite impossible for those things to be accurate. You know, they're a really good guess and a good starting point, but then you have to tailor it for your own needs. So that's number two. So number one is to find your frost date, become familiar with it, and to make sure that you've got your seeds and that you kind of know when they're going in. It's really easy for you to get in touch with us. You can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook where we have the Self Sufficient Hub group and the Self Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. Next up on our list of four jobs to have done by the end of February, and it's similar to the last one insofar as we're talking about making sure that you've got what you need, but this time we're talking about pots and compost and all the sorts of sundry items that you're going to need in your garden. Now, we have, I think, taken care of that for this year. We, I, I've actually had to buy some compost. I, it wasn't on my agenda at all. We make a lot of compost here. We make enough for our vegetable beds, but we are just about to repot about 200 strawberry plants and sell them at the side of the road. And it occurred to me that we probably didn't have quite enough compost to do a proper job of that and then refill the beds. So, I actually bought some compost and I bought it from my local recycling center. It was incredibly cheap and I think I paid something like £20 for six 40-litre bags. And, of course, this is all made from our recycled green waste here in Somerset. So do check out your own local recycling center if you're after compost. But compost, pots... Anything like that, you're going to want to make sure that you're looking at them, not looking for them, if and when the time comes when they are difficult to get hold of, as they were again last spring. So compost, we've got pots, we've got. Now again, pots are something I think really, nine times out of ten, if you're going to need pots, the best thing to do is just ask around because so many people have pots hidden away, tucked in a shed somewhere that they'd love someone to come and take off their hands. I have just collected about a 100 or so pots from one of the fruit and vegetable shops that I frequent when I collect our pig feed waste. So I'm recycling those this year and we're always on the lookout for more. I, I find it's the, the little seedling pots you know the trays with the individual little little trays within a tray that that are for seedlings those are the ones that we always seem to struggle with every year but anyway the point is to make sure that you've got everything you need and that includes things that you're going to use for marking your seeds although we might be talking a little bit more about that in a forthcoming episode I'm going to strongly recommend that you just get all of your ducks in order and make sure that you've got everything that you need so that is my number three is to make sure that all of your consumables and sundries that you might need are in place and have that done by the end of february and the last one on my list number four in my four things to do in february is to finish planning or start and finish planning if you haven't already started your actual 
allotment of space. What is going to go where? Make sure you've got a nice plan in place for what you're planting where. Now, I always think this is crucial. I think it's so important because we change what we grow every year. We we might have a really good year on something and a really bad year on something else and sort of tinker with our formula of how much of each thing we're growing. Our tastes change as a family as we have growing children whose tastes change. We also might want to experiment with a few new things each year. So we're always looking at a slightly different makeup of vegetables and things that we're going to grow. So with that in mind, you know, I like to do a plan every year and there are lots of things that you're going to want to rotate as well to avoid things like club root. So you're going to want to alter the location of some of your plants. So With that in mind, I do a really detailed drawing every year, setting out all my rows, what's going where. And I strongly recommend it because it really forces you to think about some things that you might not otherwise consider. It's going to help you to think about what plants you're growing are going to cast shade, what plants that you're growing are going to desire that shade once the heat of the summer comes, you know, what plants are going to want the full sun all year round and things like that. You might have a slightly wetter or drier end of your vegetable garden. There are all sorts of things that setting out paper gives you a chance to consider one of the little tricks that we like to use every single year is we grow our lettuce in the middle of summer on the northern side of a much bigger plant usually courgettes or maybe even some beans some sort of semi-dwarf broad beans something like that something that's going to grow to a couple of feet because that shade is actually really useful for your lettuce in the heat of the midsummer sun so little things like that are really easy to plan for now with a blank piece of paper and a pen but sometimes after you've started planting they become that little bit more tricky so having it all set out by the end of february means that you're much more likely to make those little tiny gains that you're going to get from a little bit of thoughtfulness now. You can now support the show directly. Just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. You can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount. Pledging as little as $3 a month makes a huge difference. If that's not your thing, you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media. We really appreciate all the help that you give us. It's people like you that make this show possible. So there you go. That is the four things that you should try and have done by the end of February. Now, you can take these however you wish. As I say, I'm going to try to do a little episode like this once a month, and I'll try and do it at the start of the month from now on. This is an idea that only came to me today, but I like the idea and I think it might become, you know, you guys can steer me and let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, I can either make it, I kind of like the idea of it being a bit like this, where it's just really simple things, but also a bit of a challenge. If you're, you know, just starting out, challenge yourself to do these things. And even if you're not, sometimes some of these things are things that we know we should do and we just don't get round to. So I like the idea of it being like a checklist challenge for everyone. You know, challenge yourself to get all four of these things done by the end of February. Now, seasoned gardeners obviously will find some of them 
second nature. For instance, the frostates. If you're a seasoned gardener, then you probably already know your frostate off by heart. You don't need to look anything up. Maybe or maybe not, you would also know how far in advance you want to plant each plant. But maybe that's something you can challenge yourself to learn in a bit more detail if you are a bit more experienced. You know, and the same, I think, goes all the way through. So if you're just starting out, planning to where you're going to plant things might be as simple as, you know, just deciding, well, I'm going to have four pots and I'm going to put tomatoes in one pot, this in another pot, this in another pot, this in another pot. You know, it could be as simple as that. But whatever it is you're, you're thinking of doing, just make sure that you've got it down on paper. Because the other advantage of having it down on paper is you can look back at that at the end of the year and think, well, how did things change? You know, because things always change. I never seem to actually end up with my plan in situ. But that doesn't mean I don't find it super valuable. And I'm usually pretty close. Same applies with, you know, making sure that you've got your own pots and compost. A lot of us who do this all the time probably think that it's second nature and don't really think about it. But making the conscious effort as we did, you know, earlier this week, it made me really think. And we ended up getting in compost that I hadn't actually planned for because, you know, we make our own compost, thought we'd have enough. And I hadn't really thought about it. Then I thought, no, we'll, we'll make sure we'll do an inventory and make sure that we actually have everything that we need and you know that forced me to address my situation with a little bit more honesty and it turned out I needed to purchase some compost to be on the safe side so we did and the same can apply with seeds you know having your seeds and going through your seeds sorting out your seed tins you certainly I think would usually want to have done this slightly earlier just to be on the safe side but at least having sure made sure you've done it by the end of February means you're not going to miss any of the season it just might mean that you you find out a little bit later than you otherwise might that you're short on something a particular variety or perhaps something's gone a little bit manky a little bit got a little bit damp by some way last year and you hadn't noticed and this year as and, and this has happened to me of course happened to me this year a couple of our different packets of seeds had just gone a bit manky fortunately they weren't ones that we really needed to replace they were varieties that we've not really been growing and don't plan to you know I think we we tried them once and then we've moved away from them we've moved to something different for whatever reason so you know there's lots of different advantages to getting all these things done nice and early so and for some of them February you might consider to be cutting it a bit fine but they're definitely things that need to be on your to-do list to have done by the end of the month so I'll just run through them one last time and then I'll sign off so it's number one is to plan or find your frost dates and work out how that relates to your seeds make sure you've got your seeds make sure you've got all of your other consumables and sundries all of your compost and pots etc and then to get your garden plan done so have all four of those things done by the end of february and please do let me know how you get on I'll be back on Friday and we'll be talking about all the things that you can be sowing in February. And I will look forward to speaking to you then. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com 
forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.